I tell them welcome to the gray area And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate Every other Thursday, politics to the chips Get up on this wave <laughs> Now tell me what's to talk about Cause we the only thing to talk about How you keep reality in check Just keep it real rap and don't gossip with the facts, yeah Yes sir, this is the gray area And I am your host, Ray Jarvis For chapter 15 of the gray area I wanted to rehash the culture vulture in discussion With culture vulture part 2 And for that episode, I felt like I only could have one person who's just as dynamic as me. And I used to hate this guy for his LeBron takes, but now I find myself (laughs) agreeing with this man more often than not. One of the voices of According to Sources, my homeboy, Threat Family, Dev. Welcome to the gray area, man. What's happening, man? What's happening? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Try not to slander. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta be peaceful, man. Listeners, when I first came across Dev, I'm like, he was like the anti Kobe to my anti LeBron. (laughs) I could not stand this man. I called him the calculated basketball fan. But you know what? Sports brings us all together, and now we got a whole family. (laughs) There's like 20 of us on one thread now. <laughs> Crazy. And hey, we in there deep. We in there deep. We pissing people off on a day to day. But yo, Dev, what's going on, man? How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. I will probably be back in your uh, in your beautiful too big city in about a week or so. Sounds so good. we gotta connect when I come up out. I there. appreciate you for giving me a heads up this time, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> day off, yo. He's out here. I'm like, come on. Man, I got to fly low, man. I got to fly low. <laughs> I, I, hey, I hear you, man. Feds is watching out here. Feds is watching. Hey, a Trump all over the place. That's a fact. <laughs> but, bruh, culture vulturing. You know, you and I, we are from different parts of the map, but we were bred in this hip-hop thing. Like It's who we are. It's in our blood. We, we look around. We see that it, there's no aspect of commercialized Americana that doesn't involve hip-hop. So when you hear the phrase culture vulturing, like, what does that mean to you, Dev? I immediately think of one person. What's that? And I hope our listeners, uh, they either take this and they say amen, or they take it and say he's bogus. (laughs) I think of of the one lonely person, which is Yes Jules. She is the definition of culture vultures. Oh, man. And there's a lot of people who... Well, just generally out here, you know, they tr- they probably truly do love hip hop. They love black culture. They love mm-hmm. everything about it, and they have some genuine, you know, you know, passion about it. True. But at the end of the day, it's people that like it just so they can make a profit from it, and it's you know, put on the front and say that, oh no, I'm doing this because I love it. No, you're doing it because you're trying to make a profit and you're trying to exploit it. Absolutely. For what it is Absolutely. and turn it into ignorance. You know, I'm not with that. You know, even like Shorty, the, the, the cash me outside girl. Like on the first version of this episode, we oh. spoke about that. And I feel as though, are you really like that outside? Or do you just pretend to be black because, you know, you knew it would lead to you going viral. It's like every white person that has any black vibe about them or a little bit of that black sauce in them, it seems like it's, it's cost efficient for them. Whereas us just being who we are, we can't win out here. I feel like they constantly pick and peel from us, but they don't give us our just due. 
I talked about Miley Cyrus before. She was all about that hip-hop life, and then all of a sudden she was exploited. She she felt like she was exploited by whoever she was working with. Come on, man. You was twerking at the MTV Awards. Now all of a sudden it's not cool to be hip-hop with? Come on now. It's ridiculous. And it's always... It's always... They always pull an exit strategy out right. when they notice that it's too much for them. Like, can we say the N-word on your show? Hey, <laughs> PG-13, I'll let, I'll let you live where, some, where, some, where, you know, it works. I'm quoting Dave Chappelle and <laughs> Paul Mooney, but as Paul Mooney said, everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. Oh, <laughs> that's a fact. And, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw a post not too long ago. And it made perfect sense to me because at first, maybe like a few years ago, I had a probably like, oh, man, that's cold. Mm-hmm. But as I matured as a man, you start to see people for who they really are and how right. they switch up on you. And somebody said uh, in a post on Twitter, they said, uh, it's funny how the same women who love black men, you lose care about black issues. Oh. And that's a that's a true definition of Another sector of being a culture vulture. This is true. This is black true. issues, black music, uh, uh, black culture in the sense of how we dress and everything we do, the, the things that we feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's 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 all ridiculous, and it's always an exit strategy to them. They you know never what's in funny, it for Dad? the long haul. And it's like you can wear that do rag. You you could sag your pants with the Gucci belt and the Ferragamo belt or whatever whatever's hot in urban fashion at the time. <laughs> but as soon as the boys pull up, oh excuse me sir, I'm sorry sir, and you could get away with it, you know. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's either you gonna fully embrace his experience and talk crazy to the cops, or or don't use what we do and then throw it away when it's beneficial to you. Like it, it, it's it's really gnawing at me right now. Like leave, leave our stuff alone. That's how I feel. Yeah. Maybe he's ignorant, but that's how I feel. And, and you know, they treat it like, and I am gonna say they, and okay. it's not just it's not just white folks. Mm. It's not just white folks. Of course that's doing, not. That's doing it. But they they treat it like it's a like like a classic blockbuster or something. Mm-hmm. Like we just out here <laughs> <laughs> just to be used, and then you could give it back. True. You know, I, I love uh, I, my father. He is German and Hawaiian, mm-hmm. and it's one thing about my father that I always respected. He would fully acknowledge all the time he was with a black queen. Okay. He had no problem shouting that out from the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. But my dad would never, ever, ever, ever drop the N-word. Like, <laughs> it'd be my uncles on my mom's side. They always try to catch him up while he was drunk. They'd be like, oh, yeah, man, just say it right now. He'd be like, no, nah, cool on that. <laughs> <laughs> trying to line them up just to try to catch them slipping, yeah? <laughs> and he was straight on that. And, you know, being in... In a culture like that, where you see it from so many different aspects, mm-hmm. you really see people for who they really are behind closed doors, and then when they out in public. True. And it's a lot of people. Like I, it was. I think it was a. Whatever, however you say her name, Tommy Loren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was rapping the other day in her car. Gucci Gang. Was it Gucci Gu- Gang or some I other think, record? I think it was no, it was Twenty One Savage. It was Twenty One yeah, Savage. Savage. That was right. And I said on Twitter, I was like, I guarantee you, when she's in that car by herself, mm-hmm. with her and her white homegirls, she put mad emphasis on Caps, the nigga. That's what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody come around and she'd probably hit somebody black with, I don't feel comfortable with you mm-hmm. saying that around mm-hmm. me. You don't feel comfortable with me saying it? <laughs> you was just in your car singing bank account like 21 Savage is Will Smith or something. We know what you're saying in your car, girl. We know. <laughs> But yo, Dev, let me let me take it to your town. You know, I'm from New York. I know I know what it is to see a, a white or a non-white person 
crossover to the blacker side of the swag. What is it like in Chicago with that? Do you see like a lot of young white kids trying to be quote unquote black? Oh my God. So I'm going to say this. I'm probably going to hurt some more of your listeners. Okay. Uh, that is what it is. That's why we're here. I hope, I hope the hipsters gentrify hell because I can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, when I was over there visiting you guys, I went to the old neighborhood right. where my aunt used to live at. It looks nothing like what it used to look like when I was a kid. Right. Um, <laughs> it used to be pretty bad over there. And now they got these, like, trendy coffee places, yep. these, these little breakfast spots. And I'm like, why does it look like this? And But in every single one of those places, I, w- I was actually with my cousin. I was like, this is just like Chicago. And the, the neighborhoods that used to be super dangerous, now they're gentrified, but they want to try to troll us a little bit, and they have <laughs> hip-hop shops. Hip, you know, they have, like, a, like I don't know what the the city store is over in New York, but right. over here we have a store called City Sport. Okay. And that's where you find all hip-hop clothing, any old Jordans, new Jordans, Man. any re- new releases, they have them there. And... You know, when they come into our neighborhoods and they just want to be like, you know, these backpack kids that right. love hip hop, they mm. want to be a part of culture. They open up these stores, and they charge an arm and a leg, and they know realistically nobody from the hood can come up in there and actively buy that stuff. So they're appealing to their demographic of that's like world class trolling to do that. That's like the, <laughs> like the highest level of trolling. But we always joke here now. Amongst the people who've seen the change in the neighborhood, we say we know it's all over when a Starbucks pops up. So oh, yeah. if you were in the hood the over here. and you see that Starbucks <laughs> pop up, it's over. You didn't realize it was rap. happening, but it's over. Because they don't they don't sell Starbucks to the hood. They sell it to people who's gonna buy that coffee. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Jarv loves some coffee, and I'm gonna go get me a little pike roast from time to time. But at the same time, I know where I'm at and I know where I'm not at. I'm, I'll get a corner store, a little bodega action, little random Popeyes under the train tracks. But when I see that Starbucks <laughs> pop up and it's nice and it has a whole parking lot, fellas, gentrification has happened and you missed it's it. It's a wrap. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's get back to the topic now. You know, we, we, we see a lot of the productions of like the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, TNT, so on, NBA TV, so on and so forth. In your opinion... What ways are professional sports leagues guilty of being culture vultures? Um, I was uh, I when we uh went to the Bears camp one year, for yeah. according to sources, we were we were one of the independent uh news outlets for the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears. We noticed that <laughs> that uh, compared to years in the past, you know, they played like a radio station, like a radio station would come to the Bears camp. Yeah. <clears throat> And they just play general music, you know, just like top 100 stuff, general white people pop music. Right, right. And at one side of the field, they had where the defensive players were practicing, and it was just Lil Yachty, 21 Savage, <laughs> Gucci Mane. And like some of this, most of the stuff was clean, like the clean version of it. But this was just like, wow, this is insane that they playing this. Right. And it was, you know, you know, Richard White folks that were there, they were like, hey, this is really offensive. And they were like, this is what the players want to hear. We're letting them do it. And then when you start looking at all other media outlets, <clears throat> Scott Van Pelt, for example, he loves putting on hip hop. Loves me, it. To me, I don't never see it as like him genuinely like it. And Scott, SVP, he might legitimately like rap. He might right. like hip hop. But for those producers, they putting it on to appeal to their demographic. They they know who they want to come on there, and they want to feel they want 
whites, Asians, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not even going to put Hispanics in that category, you know, some like Filipinos, they want to appeal to them to make them feel included. Right. The illusion of inclusion, you're a culture vulture. <laughs> oh, talk about it. <laughs> Shout no out to you, Just Talk about it. Talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, man. It's like, you know how I corner people now? When they talk about rap and they talk about Jay-Z and all this and that, and they mention the Black Album, I'll just randomly ask them about, like, 36 Chambers, the first Wu-Tang album, just to see what they react. That's how I gauge your reaction. If oh, you yeah. If you don't respond properly to a 36 Chambers question, I know you're a fraud. Off the rip. <laughs> you're not really about this life. The first rap album I ever owned was 36 Chambers. That's my entry into this game. So it's like if you telling me about the Black American Album and like and like Kingdom Come, get out of here. You don't you don't like Jay Z. You like Sean Carter, especially Kingdom Come. That album was, <laughs> <laughs> album was garbage compared to his whole catalog. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, it's funny to me that you bring up the SVP point because it's like nobody ever looks at it from that angle. They just look at him. He's the cool white guy. You know what I'm saying? Who who mm. listens to rap? But it's like. That's all part of the brand. That's all part of the selling to a broader audience. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love Wale, but it was something about him rapping on first take for a while that really annoyed me. It, it really rubbed me the wrong way. You know way. what I'm saying? Like, get out of here, Wale. Like, you took the check. Y'all, y'all, y'all know a lot of black people are tuning in to Stephen A, so y'all gave us Wale. And we know how we know how we know y'all don't pay attention. If you were paying attention, you wouldn't have given us Wale. We don't want Wale. No offense, Wale, but it is what it is. Yeah, he, that was about two years, two or three years too late for right. Wale because right. that was... If they'd have caught him when he was on the mixtapes, maybe that'd have been hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you were better off giving us Fab or somebody. Somebody who's really still relevant. No, I'm not trying to kill Wale. I'm just saying we know what what it is in the rap game. Wale's in a weird space. Even if they would have gave us Meek Mill or somebody, they gave us Wale and some random Maybach music rapper. Come on now. Really? The, I remember, I, I want to say right when J. Cole's second album came out. No, no, no. It was for, uh... It was for uh, Watch the Throne. Right. What, what, that was a Jay-Z and Kanye album, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was. So I was in a group, I was with a group of people. We were all, you know, hanging out at the spot. <clears throat> it was like a, a beer cave that we have here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they were playing No Church in the Wild. Kanye said, rubbing the wood like Kiki Shepard. A group of white folks. It was about two or three white girls, two white boys. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, y'all know that? Y- y'all said that was some emphasis. And they was like, yeah, that's our part. And I was like, who is Kiki Shepard? None of just silence. They and then they started just throwing out random names. So it's 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 this black lady, y'all. So you just trying to think of the first black so lady. So you mean to tell me they got hype off a bar and did not know who the bar didn't was in reference who the to? Was. And I knew as soon as I asked them, I knew that they didn't know. Come on. Most white folks don't know. Because they wasn't staying up to watch the Apollo after Saturday exactly. Night Live, they man. They don't know they don't know what the <laughs> Apollo is. They can't name they can't name it. <laughs> like I, I, I I love going up to folks I'm like, yeah, y'all show your love. And I love seeing the people like, y'all know where that came from, right? right. That's Steve Harvey all, all Come day on long now. Apollo. <laughs> Come on now. People only know, a lot of them only know him from Family Feud. They don't, they exactly. don't remember Mr. High Tower with the flat top. They don't remember none of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, my whole question to you, I, you know, I was thinking about this because it was a topic on the first version of this and I wanted to bring it back to get different perspectives. We watch a lot of these games, right? And sometimes when they go to commercial, you're here like a popular rap song. Like Kendrick Lamar is the most popular 
black rapper amongst white people right now. So you, you saw the college football national championship. He did the performance at halftime. A lot of his songs are getting played during sports telecasts. And it's like, it bothers me. So it's like seeing them use his music, right? But then they want to question some of the language in the music. It's like, I believe you can't have it both ways. How do you feel about that? Them using the music, but having issues with the content within the music. Yeah, and it's it's them picking and choosing. And I feel like some some artists, when they're put in that position, mm-hmm. they at least want to just get themselves out there. Right. They at least want to do something. I, I know that Kanye, he somewhat did that because he would always surprise people. And he cursed on live TV mm-hmm. and some of his raps. And I feel like Kendrick is trying to fill in that mode because, and I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt because Kendrick hasn't changed on us. He ain't switched on. He's the same yet. dude. But it, and I have to say yet because when when cats see that bag, they they you know mm-hmm. they see things different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So him and him and Jay Cole are our last few you know signs of hope. But it, it, only we see that, and that's and that's another way how you differentiate. You know us compared to a culture vulture because right. th- if you try to tell them that they're like oh you're looking too deep into it like I didn't have to look deep at all it's right on the it's on the surface I, I can see that something is being censored to your liking and to everybody else that wants to be like you that wants to feel accepted true true and I, I think that low key I think that's why a lot of you know a lot of white folks after a while they fell off of Eminem because they wanted him to be something. And create this uh, this inclusion for them. Right. He ain't saying the n word. He ain't gonna say. <laughs> he ain't gonna put a, a, a do rag on. He ain't gonna try to be something that he's not. Cause dude is who he is. He don't have to be anything else because he's comfortable in his own Absolutely. his own body and his own skin. You know what it is. So I want to be clear to the listeners. I'm not saying that I don't want everybody to partake in our culture. My whole issue is Oh, absolutely. I want them to appreciate and to understand what this culture is about. It ain't no different from going to like you go to an art show and you appreciate this one painting but you can't talk about it. What do you like about it? Why are you here? Like I want you I don't want you to just be here because it's hot. Like everybody's into art now. Everybody was into Basquiat, so now they they, they art specialists. Like no, like understand what you're talking about. And like be just like being a sports fan. All right, everybody wants to like the Golden State Warriors right now. But are you a basketball fan? Or you just like them because that's the wave. You know what I'm saying? Can you articulate why you like the Warriors? Hot. Right. And I and I and I'm real protective of the culture. I feel like this is more than just a, a fad. Like hip hop stopped being a fad 20 years ago, in my opinion. So it's like if you messing with it and you a part of this lifestyle, just like any other lifestyle, have a purpose in being here. That that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's totally true. And have a purpose beyond. <laughs> have a purpose beyond like oh I just like dope lyrics. Oh I just like a beat. <laughs> Like, that's why, like, a few weeks ago, so we have a Twitter family. Yeah. I've already mentioned it earlier. <clears throat> we don't just talk about sports. We talk about everything. Right. And one of the things that I brought up in our Thread family was uh, this cat on Twitter who was like, uh, Drake watched Kendrick mm-hmm. on all the songs that they rapped on. And, like, <clears throat> I think maybe because I'm maturing as a person, I'm starting to learn that I shouldn't address everything, <laughs> every piece of slander that's out there. Mm-hmm. But that really mess me up and it's cats like that that say stuff like that and you got people like culture voters out here they be believing that and I, I and it's just like how you said with the warriors mm-hmm. it's easy to like them 
because they the end thing and they're fun to watch. And they're easy to digest. You think exactly. it's easy to watch them play. It's and just like that, it's easy for somebody to break into hip hop by listening to Drake. And this mm, I was gonna say no disrespect to Drake, but I don't funk with dude like that, so I'ma be indifferent. It's no disrespect to Drake. But Kendrick is a better rapper, he's a better lyricist, he's a better performer. But however, it's easier for people that are trying to jump into the culture for them to digest Drake. It's easier for them to listen to his right. simple, simpler lyrics compared to Kendrick. Like, oh boy. That, oh, basically, not. Drake is like high-end fast food, and then <laughs> Kendrick is like, you going to the fancy steakhouse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the difference but, between the two. Both good food, but from different levels. Yeah, you're going to have to invest in this. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. You you follow me. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, if I want some beef and broccoli or some shrimp and broccoli, that's Drake. You know? It is what it is. No no shade, Drake. I still like it. It's still delicious. But we know that this quality is levels to quality. You know what I mean? And Kendrick is that high end. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that you know, more and more people that try to jump in and, you know, just be here just to be here. Right. If they really want realistically want to have purpose, be open to everything and not just be here because you just want a three day rental mm. <laughs> until you know <laughs> stuff start getting uncomfortable. So But like what about the players, Dev? You know, I'm 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 a clap at your boy a little bit. You know, I've been you notice I've been leaving LeBron alone for most of this season. I've been kinda nice to the men. But I, I, I got I'm, I gotta pull his card. I gotta pull his card. <laughs> you hear it's only right that I pull his card while you hit. Yeah. We, he's, he, you know, I respect the fact that he's out in the forefront when it comes to the issues. He states the obvious. Like one of my biggest things about doing this show and talking about race is I just I don't I don't want to like say anything that's too like groundbreaking. I just want to state the obvious because I feel like a lot of times the racial issues it's just stating the obvious is, is moving the needle. Like Colin Kaepernick stated the obvious and he got killed for it. People just don't want to yeah. hear that. But yeah. like he works for the NBA. He's eating off that new TV money. He's seeing what's happening with them. It's a predominantly black sport, and they're using a lot of rap music in their productions, but they're not really letting rappers flourish the way they're supposed to flourish. How come LeBron don't talk about that? Am I being too sensitive? Is that <laughs> is this really an issue, or am, I, or am I just, you know, waving the flag and standing on the uh, soapbox? I, I, think, I think at some point or another, mm-hmm. maybe within the next season, especially wherever he makes his transition to, right. whether he stays or he goes, I think... If it doesn't become more prevalent in the sense of them utilizing artists mm-hmm. because of the demographic of what the NBA is, uh, he's going to have to say something eventually. Absolutely. Maybe not now because it's. I, I, I think more of us that are really, really, you know, in deep in the trenches of basketball and the NBA and the culture of it, we see it, but it's not enough like of a formula for us to present to everybody else to say like, this is what's going on. Right, right. Because... I, I was think I was watching yesterday some of the games, and you know I didn't. This is hard to like realize, but the NBA is the only thing, the only major sport that does anything for Dr. King mm-hmm. and Black History Month. <laughs> Yo, the NFL, what's going on? You, bro, they had a whole championship weekend. Noah, all eyes will be on the game. Excuse me, divisional round. All eyes will be yeah. on the game, and only a couple of hair and there mentions. Why? Because it wasn't on Monday, so they didn't feel obligated with all these black guys running around the field? Come on, son. Nothing. And the NHL, too. The NHL has actually seen a massive increase in black players. And nothing. 
Nothing. Nothing. No list of games, but they made sure they had day games today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing. Mm-hmm. But, but let a player take a knee, Dev. <laughs> All hell's no, gonna oh, break oh, it's loose. A rap. It's a rap. <laughs> I want to say I forgot the guy's name because I don't watch hockey. Yet. No, no, don't feel but bad. He got cut by a team this this year. He barely played. It was because last year he refused. I, I think he uh, he raised his fist during the national anthem. Yes, he I remember kneel. that. He got cut, and everybody was trying to say that you know, uh, Buddy just can't play. Just same excuse he is for Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and that's why he got picked up by a team that didn't. They don't trip about that. A team in Canada where they mm-hmm. respect people's rights. <laughs> crazy, and, right? <laughs> and it's crazy. And he and he made a mention of it. He was just like, you know, it's ridiculous that we all play in this league. And you guys love screaming, all lives matter. Dr. King was almost for that. He, in so many words, he was for everybody's rights, for everybody to be equal. And yet nothing, nothing from our league. And he's like, that's an embarrassment. The NBA got a whole day full of it mm-hmm. and nothing. They had a and, whole and, slate of games like it was Christmas or something. That was it, exactly. it's very impressive. And with that part, like that's where the NBA is, you know, far above any other brand. Um, so I think in in spurts, like in the next season or two, hit LeBron, uh, Durant, Steph Curry, a lot of these guys, they're gonna have to speak up and say something. True, because and I, I and I can't think of anybody else that's really like on LeBron's level of right. You know, prosperity in the sense of like he's always polarized. Durant is he's a bit more he's safe. You know, yeah, he's a bit more reserved in the sense of you know saying a lot of things, and he's right. trying to come back from a burner account, so he can't really <laughs> do a lot of talking. Honestly, KD is <laughs> not valid out here. When you out here tweeting like a sports fan to defend yourself, <laughs> that's one of the corniest things you could ever do. And I love KD. Don't get me wrong, but corny is corny all the same. You can't come <laughs> back from that. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it's like talking to your point about the NFL, man. It's like you you mentioned something. You know, according to sources, they went out there. Y'all were doing the independent thing for the for the Bears camp, right? You yeah. go around all of these stadiums. You're gonna hear Future. You're gonna hear Yachty. You're gonna hear yeah. Twenty One. You're gonna hear every, you're gonna hear a who's who of rappers inside of these stadiums. But then the Super Bowl is gonna roll around. And we can't get one of these dudes on stage because of something that happened with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. There wasn't even a rapper on the stage. Why can't one of these dudes get up there and rap? How many times is Bruno Mars going to perform at the Super Bowl? Come on, son. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right, man. And they got Justin Timberlake back again. (laughs) Talking about they asked Jay-Z and he said no. Of course he's going to. Y'all knew he was going to say no from the rib. Y'all BSing now. Come on. You know what I'm saying? And they probably probably didn't even want to give him the bag. Nah, the bag that he was of course deserved. not. Of course <laughs> not. And they only asked Hove because they knew they were looking bad about how they handled Kaepernick. So let's give these niggers Jay-Z because they'll love them some Jay-Z and not think about <laughs> Kaepernick. Stop insulting us. Exactly. And <laughs> think, about, think about how they did his wife. when they, She couldn't even get her own act. Beyonce is one act alone. She, she ain't sharing no stage with anybody else. They put her with Bruno Mars. Bruno, he he he's slick, he cold. Mm-hmm. But Bruno and Beyonce, come on, fam. <laughs> it's not like, even close. You didn't need anybody else. You could have gave Beyonce them whole twenty five or however long it is, and let her live, and that'd have been the whole Super Bowl show. And you'd have got more women to tune in because I know my mom's when she heard be uh, Beyonce was performing at the Super Bowl halftime show. She didn't watch that game, Dev. But when ha- she asked me to let her know when halftime was so she could tune in, <laughs> <laughs> you understand? That is a true story, you know. 
And it's yeah, like, exactly. even with the All-Star game. Go ahead, man. But she, she definitely is polarizing. And it's like, even the All-Star game now is coming up in February. How much time is we going to get these generic performances? Let these young rappers who help uplift the NBA product shine at All-Star Weekend when a who's who is out there, you know? Why can't the exactly. Migos shut down the All-Star Weekend with a performance? I have no idea. And especially this year, because it's in L.A., Kendrick should be the number oh. one person performing out there. Nobody else. I mean, the NBA used... Uh, DNA? They use DNA during the whole playoffs. <laughs> they still use they still using it, bro. It's <laughs> still using it. Come on, man. Like I know he gets paid every time they air that song, but God, you gotta be kidding. Basically, the voice of your game mm-hmm. on commercials and everything. You're not using him. Come on, man. That's a slap in the face. And at some point, Kendrick, after a while, he got to be like, "I'm good. I'm not going." And you can start taking my stuff off. Come on. I better not see Mariah Carey also we can do something random. Like, I'm tired of seeing her. I'm tired of seeing all these safe acts. Don't find Miguel somewhere. Don't find any of these acts who ain't been doing it. Leave John Legend alone. He's done it enough. You know what I'm saying? Go get Kendrick. Go get Rihanna. Let them shut down the stage, do loyalty, and everybody wins. But if I don't see Kendrick shutting down Staples Center at the, at the halftime or the pregame of the All-Star game, I'm going to have a problem. Because it's like, you keep using it, but you want to p- package things and make it safe for the non-blacks. It's a black sport. We all know it's black. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I, come on, son. Like, I, I, I feel a way. You know, you see I'm getting emotional because it's just like, I don't understand how, like, how more people are not insulted by this. It's a black sport, but you want to still package it safely for non-blacks? Like, come on, man. Come on. I mean, and then <clears throat> you have... These fans who show up at the games mm-hmm. and they turn up their faces when, you know, like my mom works for the Bulls. She's been working for the Bulls for almost two decades now. Shout out the moms. And, and I remember back in maybe like middle school or high school, she used to come home and she'd be like, oh, Devin, what's this song? What's this song? I got this song on my mind. I was like, wow, where are you hearing this at? <laughs> and it was like, it was in high school because Pastor Cavarcia came out. Oh, man. With, with Puff and, and, Puff and Buster. <laughs> and so I was like, yo, where are you hearing this at? She was like, the DJ plays at the United States. And I was like, excuse me, the what? And then I did my research on it. It was like only a few stadiums in the league that were, they had DJs and they were letting them play music. Right. Those teams, it was a Knicks, the... The Knicks, the Clippers, the Bulls, Lakers sometimes would play it, and the Milwaukee Bucks. All of them saw a surge in attendance. And my mom made a good point. She was like, you know what I noticed? It's a bunch of white folks that when they first come in there, they cool, they're chill, they're sober. Mm-hmm. They hear that music, and they be like, oh, we're good. We're fine. They go up to the club level because they got disposable income. They can go anywhere they want. They go up there and get a few drinks in them. That same song come back on in the third and fourth quarter. They dance and they old white folks mm-hmm. non rhythm. They loving it. And they loving it. Loving it. Oh, who's a DJ? This music is great. I bet you I bet you it is. I bet you it is. <laughs> but just a few hours ago, you were down there, you were upset. You were in your feelings about this song. And they're all, all just like all around the NBA now. Because all the NBA teams play hip hop now. Because they have no other choice because the demographic that they're trying to appeal to and the people that they want coming to their games, these the culture vulture 
predominantly white kids that come in and they want to hear that mm-hmm. they have this disposable income they could just let that shit go and they be cool it's ridiculous and it don't mean anything to them you know even like this dude I don't know much about him but my little Pump with this Gucci gang record and I'm like another one come man on. I refuse to acknowledge it I was seriously I, I was at a bar two weeks ago no three weeks ago before I went to New York and somebody put that on and every like fresh out of college kid was rapping it. and somebody asked me they was like you don't know this song I was like I know it but I Bruh. don't know it <laughs> When I, I went to New York, I never heard that song. You're not going to hear it. In that cla- and it was a classic hip-hop bar. I never heard that song. Come on. You're not going to hear it. <laughs> you're more likely to hear that gummo from Takashi 6 9 before you hear Gucci Gang in New York right now. Only because Son is from New York. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, this guy, man. Colorful dreadlocks saying Gucci Gang. Are you really outside, Lil Pump? Are you really putting in this pain? Or are you, or are you just a dude... Who saw who saw certain rappers do certain things and just wanted to be like that? You know what I'm saying? That's my question. I can't prove it, but a part of me feels like he's not outside. He just became a caricature of hip hop. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. nobody is gonna, you know, nobody is gonna. There's not gonna be a, an effective change until, you know, these some of these companies stop investing into it. Yeah, that's that's what's that's what's happening. It's all about everything it's, goes back to the dollar. Everything. This is true. And is it, it just take Yes Jules one blackout? One you blackout. really hate Yes Jules. That's bothering you. Yeah, man. Because like, <laughs> I, I remember I went to. So, so I'll tell you more about this after the show. That's fellas only, y'all. I'm okay, sorry. okay. But I went to one of her shows in Miami once. Met somebody down there, and while I was down there, I was like, "Yo, like, is she, is she really in these streets like that? Is she like, is she like Puerto Rican or something, or mm-hmm. Dominican?" And like somebody's like, no, she's white. Oh. <laughs> like on, she's she's white as ever. And I was like, wow. Okay. She got the big white girl booty. Dudes mm-hmm. love that. She mm-hmm. she gets she she rapped lyrics. She puts you on the new music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so is this like just because she likes music or still like a blogger? Did she start as this? She was like, no, she just started doing parties. Case closed. That, that's, oh, that's IG model turn on party right host. There. there you go. Exactly. And, and you know, like you got guys, and what happens is, it just takes one artist to hang out with a person like that, mm-hmm. and it's a rap. What she was already pretty popular, yeah, beforehand from throwing these parties in Miami, mm-hmm. and then she would go to other places. I remember she had a party here once, and that yo, that was dead. Like it, it was, she thought it was gonna be popping, I mean, but for the predominantly hip hop community that's up here. They're still somewhat intact and they still hold people Bro, accountable. They not gonna mess Town, yes, Jules, ain't happening, man. It it was it and it was, was right when we had Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. And our Lollapalooza is like it's insane. It's like Coachella, it's ginormous. Right. And she thought she was gonna pull Chance the Rapper to come with one of her shows. <laughs> Chance? Didn't work out. Ain't happening. So nobody showed up. The next summer she tried it again. Mm-hmm. And in between that time, it just took one party with her hanging out with Quavo and it was a rap. These all these culture vulture and that kids showed up, party was lit, and then she went all around the nation. Now she is who oh. she is. But you think, look who you said, Quavo. Once my man said that "Bad and Bougie" is the best song he ever heard at a white, <laughs> a predominantly white event, they all went, looked up "Bad and Bougie," and verified Migos for life. Don't get me wrong, Migos was always popping, but Migos was not platinum popping until they said that they went. Exactly. Whole, not the single. They whole album went platinum, bro. 
behind the that cosign. So of course, and and, 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 and yo, put it this way: we know Migos is there. We like some of their records, but if you if you ask a lot of these people, they're not really chasing behind the Migos for their music. So who's buying exactly. a record? You know who's buying a record? You already know. And then you got like you got the people who like I always say this: you know what's culture what's in culture vulture style by just going on Instagram. Oh yeah, look at what's look at what's trending. Mm-hmm. When Bad and Bougie came out. Every group of white girls, these like fake backpack kids mm-hmm. that love hip hop, every single one of them had some video, some snap of them rapping to Bad and Bougie. That's yeah. when you know. I remember, I remember high school. One of my homies used to say, "He'd be like, you know, the song played out when it get to the pop station yes. in Chicago." Yes, <laughs> that still stands to this day. Once <laughs> it, it gets get on Z one hundred or Kiss FM, it's over. <laughs> You've crossed over. There's no coming back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn, <Rap>. son. <laughs> and then they was to caught themselves singing T-shirt. Like none of y'all, y'all not selling coke. You're not. Your mama didn't tell y'all nothing. Y'all don't even have a mama. Nothing. Y'all have a mother. You know, it's it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? But yo, Dad, we <laughs> we we gonna stop right here before we get it. We saw you know stepping on any more landmines or pipe bombs or anything like that. We've pissed them uh-huh. off enough for this episode. I'm going to get some flack for this, but I don't care. This is why we're here. Um, this real quick, here, real quick, just identify yourself, man. Let, let them know where they can find you on the internet. Let them know a little bit about yourself, please. I got you. I got you. So I am the social media manager of According to Sources. We are, we pride ourselves on being the top independent uh, sports website in the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pretty we pretty deep out here, man. We're going back to Bears camp this year, so you guys should look out for us. We're still working on the Bulls, still working on the uh, on the Cubs. But find us. It's a two sources. At, that's our Twitter handle. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. Search us up. Uh, I am on Twitter. I am not on Instagram because it's drama field and the devil keeps trying to bring me back, and I'm trying <laughs> to hold on tight. But uh, I'm on Twitter, and if you want to catch all my slanderous acts, it's uh, Mr. Underscore High Yellow. I am the president, all presiding governor of the Life Skin Delegation, so that's why my Twitter name is so. I will be slandering from 7 a.m. to 12 a.m. daily. Please check me out. Between (laughs) him and the rest of the According to Sources team, that is some of the most high-level trolls you know, it's, it's it's dangerous, man. If you're not prepared, you're going to walk into some things and you're going to be upset because you didn't know what you yeah, were getting yourself yeah. into. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to blow it up a little bit while I have you here. You know, Mr. Dev is a bit of a boxer. You know, let, let him know. Like, yeah, you, oh, yeah that's what's right. What's up, man? I forgot to say, my next fight is uh the, the second weekend in March. You guys come out and see me. It's the Chicago Golden Gloves. Okay. I'm trying to regain my title. I won the Chicago Golden Gloves title in 2016. And I'm trying to get it back this year. Talk about it. Yo, not only is he the leader of the light skin delegation, he will beat Absolutely. your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, as, as Dre from According to Sources said, he's like, that boy light skin, but he's dark skin on the inside. He's dark skin <laughs> at heart. <laughs> he gonna I call told, you Clay. They, they put on DMX when I was in New York. Damn. Three cats got into a fight. I was like, yeah, this, this is my spot. I'm in the right place. You you are at home. <laughs> Yo, Dev, man, I appreciate you for coming on. We will do this again. Absolutely, man. It's been real. Definitely. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. <laughs>